Welcome to Live Well, Be Well, a podcast where we speak candidly about all things wellness. My name is Anjali Mishra, pronouns are she, her, her, and I'm an SHA student health advocate specializing in alcohol and other drugs at UC San Diego. On this episode of Live Well, Be Well, I'll be discussing Alcohol Awareness Month, protective behavioral strategies, and other interesting facts. So, we hope you get inspired, we hope you feel connected, and we hope you discover new ways to live your best life. Let's get started. So, I first wanted to begin by going over what Alcohol Awareness Month is and why it's important. This public health program is organized by the National Council on Alcoholism and Drug Dependency as a way of increasing outreach and education regarding the dangers of alcoholism and issues related to alcohol. It began in April 1987, so 33 years ago, with the intention of targeting college-age students who might be drinking too much as part of their newfound freedom. One of the reasons I think Alcohol Awareness Month is so important is because it points out the stigma that still surrounds alcoholism and substance abuse in general. For many, denial is a common trait among those struggling with alcoholism or alcohol abuse. They often underestimate the amount they drink, the duration of the drinking problem, the impact it has had on their life, or overestimate their ability to control their drinking or to quit. So in order to address these topics, many organizations in in April launched campaigns to draw attention to the causes of alcoholism, the signs and effects of the condition, how to talk to a loved one about a drinking problem, and how to find treatment options. So with that history provided, I now wanted to share some of the top reported protective behavioral strategies from a 2019 UCSD survey. I think these are really great tips because they're very practical and easy to do and don't require you to dramatically change anything while still having a great time. So some of the protective behavioral strategies before you start drinking are one, to determine in advance not to exceed a set number of drinks. Two, make sure you're eating before and then also during and after drinking. And three, having a designated driver and a friend who can tell you when you've had enough. While you're drinking, a couple of strategies are to one, keep track of the number of drinks you've had. Two, drink non-alcoholic beverages in between alcohol ones. Three, stick to one kind of drink. And four, stay with the same group of friends. Another topic I wanted to discuss was blood alcohol content, BAC. So BAC is the ratio of alcohol to total blood volume, and it varies based on how much alcohol you've consumed, as well as your height, weight, and gender. I think something really interesting to talk about is also tolerance. So tolerance has no impact on your BAC. The things that happen when we drink, such as lack of coordination, vomiting, etc., are your body's way of telling you that you've had too much. People with high alcohol tolerance have learned how to mask the effects of alcohol, but it doesn't mean that their BAC is any lower. So just because you might feel fine, your ratio of alcohol to total blood volume in your body does not reflect that. So there are a couple of BAC levels that I think are important to know. So if your BAC is above 0.01 and you are under 21 years old, you'll have your license revoked for 60 days if you're caught um, driving under the influence, um, along with other, um, other fines. 
If your BAC is 0.05, so this is known as the perfect buzz. So this is when all of the things we like about alcohol that happen, such as relaxation, sociability, liquid courage, particularly none of typically none of bad things. So 0.05 is the ideal BAC. If you're over 21, of course. <laughs> if so 0.08 is the intoxication driving limit if you're over 21. So a first offense DUI is two days in jail, a $2,500 fine, a four-month license suspension, and an installation of an ignition interlock device that requires you to blow into a breathalyzer before starting the ignition of the car. So basically, don't drink and drive. <laughs> and then lastly, a BAC of 0.1 is when the depressant effect of alcohol becomes apparent and the drowsy sets in. So I think it's cool to know what these various BACs mean because otherwise they just seem so ambiguous and you don't really know, understand what it means. Um, but also to better understand how to get to those BACs, um, I think it's worth going what a standard drink is. So because the amount of liquid in a glass doesn't necessarily match up to how much alcohol is in it, a standardized definition was created. So in the U.S., one standard drink contains roughly 14 grams of pure alcohol. This is equivalent to 12 ounces of beer, 5 ounces of wine, and 1.5 ounces of distilled spirits. These values might not mean much, but the lines on a red Solo cup can really help you visualize this. So on a Solo cup, there are a couple of lines, and the first line closest to the bottom is a standard drink for hard liquor. The next line above that is for wine, and the third line is for beer. The lines above that are just for aesthetics. <laughs> so a BAC of 0.05, which is the perfect buzz, is equivalent to one to two standard drinks per hour for women and two to three for men. So I hope these were interesting and useful facts and information that help you have a fun and safe time while drinking. So that concludes this episode of Live Well, Be Well. If you like what you heard and would like to learn more about topics related to health and wellness, there's much more to come. Be sure to check out our website, sha.ucsd.edu, and follow us on Instagram and Facebook under at UCSDSHA. Until next time, be kind, be true, be you. And remember, to be well is to live well.